0: My name is Dan Leeper, one of the pastors here and uh, leaders at Crossroads. My wife, Holly, actually, I should have pointed this out earlier, she actually organizes it all and I'm able just to show up and uh, so really thankful for all her work uh, in that. So at this point in our service, we are going to have a sermon from the Bible. We're going to be in the Gospel of John. Uh, If you're using the Bible that's in the chairs in front of you, it's going to be on page 947-947. Uh, but I'd encourage you to follow along. It will be helpful, and, and everything that we're going to look at is going to be right here in this book of the Bible called the Gospel of John, and we're, we're looking at this question, who is Jesus? That was you, you heard the kids uh, answer this question that's been our theme for Crossroads, is looking at some of the different stories in the Bible, answering that question, who is Jesus? How would you answer it? If, if I asked you to stand up, I'm not going to, but I asked you to stand up in front of the church today and answer that question, who is Jesus, or, or even just turn to someone seated next to you, tell them who do you think Jesus is, do you know how you would answer that question? Jesus is the most influential person to have ever lived on the face of this earth, and, and the most controversial. He has Shaped world history, and millions and millions of lives have been turned upside down when confronted with who is Jesus. And so it's important for us, you might be here today and say i'm I'm not sure I don't normally come to church or uh, it's been a, a really long time. I think maybe he's a good man, a good prophet, a good teacher, um, some good principles that he taught. Uh, maybe you, you've been coming to church a long time and you would say, Jesus is my whole life. Jesus is everything. He's, you know Those millions that you talked about, I'm one of those. He's turned my life completely around. He's given me hope and joy and peace. He's, he's my savior. I believe he came for me. Maybe you're somewhere in between. Maybe you've been at church a long time, all, all of your life, and you could answer some of the facts about Jesus some of the things like that the kids were saying that come from the Bible and you could say you could say those, but yet you don't know him. You don't feel like you have any relationship with him. Those things haven't gripped your heart and and really changed your life. And so you're just not really sure how you would answer that question. Who is Jesus? There, there are a lot of places in the Bible we could go to answer that question. The Bible talks a lot about Jesus but I, what I want to do today is for us to look and see, who did Jesus say that he is? There's, in, in this book, John, there are seven different times where Jesus uses images, um, illustrations to describe who he is and what he came to do. And all of them start with these two words, I am. And so he says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. Just just seeing that list up on the screen, you might be thinking, what in the world was he talking about? And so that's what I want us to do today is to just walk through these statements of Jesus. Who does Jesus say that he is. So let's look first at John 6, beginning with this first one where he says, I am the bread of life. John 6, verse 35. He says, I'm the bread of life, Jesus told them. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. But as I told you, you've seen me and yet you do not believe. So what's going on here? We, we hear Jesus say, we read this. He says, I'm the bread of life. And you might think, I don't eat bread. Bread's kind of got a bad reputation nowadays. Uh, maybe you're on a keto diet or you're gluten-free or just watching your carbs. And, and so you think, sorry, Jesus, but I have to, to pass on this one. Uh, but in, in our culture, we, that's what we hear when we think bread. In their culture, it would have been so different Jesus was was saying to them, he's he's referencing something that would have sustained their life. He's saying, so that you don't starve, you need food and drink in order to survive. They they had just been hearing Jesus preach. And one of the famous miracles, if if you were just to look back a little bit before this, where it says that Jesus fed 5,000, the feeding of the 5,000, where there was this huge crowd that was coming to hear him preach. And they didn't bring food. And so there's this story of this boy who had five loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus multiplied it and fed the whole crowd. And then it says they came back the next day. And they were looking for more. They were wanting more. And Jesus was, in essence, saying to them, you're not coming to me. You're not coming because of who I am. You're just coming because of what you can get from me. You're not looking for a sign of, of who I am. You're, you're just wanting your bellies to be full. And what he was what he was starting to say to them is that there's something deeper than food that you need. Don't you have deeper longings, deeper desires, recognizing that there is more to life than just this, this temporal life? Saying, saying, don't, don't you feel like there's something deeper? Don't you still have greater hungers, even, even when you're full of food? Don't you have hungers that are even deeper than this? Jesus is saying, come to me. He's not making this promise that if you follow Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, you'll, you'll just always have enough food to eat. No, he's, he's saying something much more important than that. He says, I'm the bread of life. And all all of those deep hungers, those deep pains, those deep longings that we try to satisfy with things of this world can only be satisfied in Jesus. We try to fill that void with just making lots of money. Or we try to fill that void. What's my life? My life is my family. Or you, you say, my life is my work. My life is, is pleasure. If I just can have enough fun and pleasure, then, then that will satisfy me. But you've probably, maybe not some of the kids, but most of the adults in here, you've probably lived long enough to see those things don't ultimately satisfy. 2005 this is a famous quote of Tom Brady's uh, that, that when, he, when he was, I think he'd already won three Super Bowls, uh, and he, he said, you know, I've, I've accomplished everything that I thought I could accomplish in football. I've made more money than I ever thought that I could at this sport, but I, I just have this sense that there's something more. And you can think of lots of other people. Uh, m- maybe you know someone who's very wealthy, but not happy, because those things don't meet the deepest needs that we have. And Jesus here is saying, no, not, not just your side dish. Not just that loaf of bread on the side. I am life. I'm the bread of life. And all that, what you were made for, you can find that satisfaction in me. Turn over to John 8. We'll see this next one. In John 8, verse 12, if you're using the church chair Bible there, it's page 950, just a couple pages over. Jesus spoke to them again, and he said, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. When you think of darkness, you think of uncertainty and unknowns, uh, you, you're not sure which way to go or if you're going to stumble and if you're going to fall. Uh, the Bible uses the, the image of darkness sometimes to describe that, that we need guidance. We need uh, someone to show us the way, to show us right from wrong. There's another way that the Bible describes darkness. And it's also as an illustration for evil, for our sin, um, that that. It describes it as us being born bl- with blinders on our eyes and being in the kingdom or the domain of darkness. And, and Jesus here is saying, I am the light of this world. You want to know what's right you want to know what's true. You want to have guidance for this life and just which way to go. And we're overwhelmed with all kinds of information. And everyone, it seems like today, is trying to tell us this is the right path. This is, this is the right way. Here, Jesus is saying, no, I am. I am the light of this world. Anyone who follows me won't walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. That word life there is again. Is there again. He's the bread of life satisfying those deepest needs, providing that eternal life that we need. He's the light of life. Just like in the physical world, the the light of this world that we see, the sun, nothing here on this earth. Life could not exist without the sun. And Jesus is saying in, in a spiritual sense, I am the light of life. I am the way. I am the one who can show you what is right and wrong. And that light, when it shines into our life, also exposes the darkness in us. Because all of us have that evil within us. That the ways that we want to rebel against God to choose our own way. He's saying, I am the light of the world. Turn over to chapter 10. Just a couple more pages over. 952. He gives two of them here in this same setting. The gate and the good shepherd. He's, he's using an illustration here. You might be offended by this, but he's talking about sheep. And he's using sheep as an illustration of, of how we, as followers of God, need guidance, need protection, need help, need to be fed. And, you know, so some, some have said that, you know, maybe a better image today because not many of us have sheep and, and are able to think of all the ways that they need care. But, but to, th- to think of a real young child and just all of the ways that they need care. What was going on in this story is that in chapter 9, It says Jesus had healed a blind man, given him sight, and some of the religious leaders of that day, called Pharisees, they didn't like it. And they were were asking this man all these questions and trying to find out what happened and who did this and why was this done. And it says in chapter 9, verse 34, it says they threw him out actually kicked this guy out. They were mad at him. He, he's, he's blind all his life. He's able to see now. And, and they're upset about it. They're threatened by it. And so they kick him out. And so Jesus is going to speak about how sometimes religious rulers and leaders actually hurt people, abuse people, take advantage of people. And Jesus is saying, I am the gate that's, that's providing this protection. And the, the only way into the true family of God is through me. It was a statement here that he was making that was, it was very exclusive. He's saying, I'm the only way to God. In verse 7, he says, Truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. So Jesus here is saying there are other religious rulers who are like thieves and robbers. They just want to take advantage of you. They want to get from you. Uh, and Jesus is saying, No, the, the only way in is through me. But once you're in, once you're in that protection, in that people of God, listen to what he says now. He's, he's going to keep the metaphor going and switch it. In verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Down in verse 14, he says it again I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus is is forecasting here. He's he's saying there's there's coming a day where what I have come to do, the way I've come to rescue and redeem people, to bring this life, this, this good news, is that I am coming to lay down my life for you. To live a perfect life, to die on the cross, to pay for your sins, that this shepherd, the way that he's bringing us into God's family, bringing us into peace with God, is that he he laid down his life for us. Go over to chapter 11. These are just starting to pile up as Jesus keeps saying all of these I am statements. This is page 954, chapter 11, verse 25. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Now, he's just said two things that even when you die, you will live and you'll never die. What what he is saying is is that there's not going to be, when, when your death comes, that is not the end, that's not separation. Hebrews says it is appointed to every person once to die and then after this, the judgment. We don't like to think about this, but there, this is a fact that none of us will be able to escape. There is coming a day when we will die and Jesus is speaking into that as well. And what he says is, I am resurrection. I am life he, w- he was in the middle of a circumstance where a family was grieving. A man named Lazarus, he did eventually die. And in this story, Jesus raises him to life. But first he's talking to Lazarus' sister, Martha. And he says to her in verse 24, or verse 23, your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. And Martha says, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So she's, she's knowing her Bible and theology and saying, I know there's going to be a future day of resurrection and and life after death. And Jesus says to her, I am resurrection. I am the life. This is how you can know that you can even face death and know that I am with you. And know that I will raise you to life. It's that if, it's, he uses this same call, the call to all of these is believe in me, trust in me. He says, the one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. So there's a promise here of eternal life. After this one, he's with his disciples after this 957 on that page number, chapter 14. If you're just in your Bible, go over, keep going to where it says, the big number 14 John 14 the little number 6 so because now if you know the story of Jesus he did die he died on the cross then he rose again but this is right before that he's with his followers there are there are some followers of Jesus disciples who had abandoned the rest of their lives and, and said, okay, Jesus, I'm, I'm walking away from everything else. I'm going to follow you. And they thought, this is the time when Jesus is going to, to make all things right. And now Jesus is preparing them. No, actually, I'm going to lay down my life for you. I'm going to die. I'm, I'm going to the Father. So in, in verse 1 of chapter 14, Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If not, I would have told you. I'm going away to prepare a place for you. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself. You know the way to where I am going. And then one of his disciples, Thomas, said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus, in his patience, is reminding them of some of these things that he's already told them. He says, I am the way. That, that's, that illustration that he's using is I'm the gate. I'm the way. I'm the door into the family of God. He says, I am the way to God. It's through me. He says, I am the truth. Just like he's the light of the world, he's the one that can show right from wrong and, and truth from error, good from evil. Jesus is the truth. And then he says, I am the life. He's already said that as well. He's the resurrection and the life. He's the bread of life. He he is how we can have eternal life. It's through him. And so then he says it to his followers again, reminding them, this is, you want to know how to to go to heaven, how to be with God. It's me. He says to them, I am that way, that truth, that life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And he's going to keep preparing them then. What will life be like here on this earth without him? So there's one more that we're going to look at where he says, I am the true vine. Because it's not that as soon as someone believes in Jesus that, that, we, that God takes us to heaven. No, he leaves us here in this, in this world to, to live as his people, to, to tell others of his good news. And so how do we live here in this life he uses an illustration of a vine and branches. And it's clear to us that a branch, you take a branch off of a tree and you leave it there, it's eventually going to wither and die. And this is what Jesus is saying. It's important for us to stay connected to him, to remain in him, to to be dependent on him, that we still need him, need him for life. So verse one of, of chapter 15, he says, "'I am the true vine.'" In verse 4, he continues it again. He says, Remain in me, and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. So, once again, here, Jesus is saying we desperately need him for life itself. He says, without me, you can do nothing, in verse 5. This is how desperate we are. This is how much we need Jesus. This is why it doesn't actually work to to hear all of this and think Jesus is just a good teacher, a good, moral, holy man who, who taught good principles. If I came here today and I stood up in front of you and and I wasn't talking about Jesus, I was talking about me, and I said, I'm the bread of life. Come to me, believe in me. I'm the light of this world. I'm, I'm the w- only way to God is through me. I'm the resurrection and the life. What are you thinking? You're thinking, get away from this guy. This is no good teacher to follow. He's, C.S. Lewis has, has said of Jesus, he's made this popular, that Jesus is either a liar or a lunatic, or he's Lord. Because when you really see what did Jesus say about himself, he's making these radical claims about himself, and unless they're true, they're dangerous. And so we have to to wrestle with, is this true of Jesus? Even the way that they responded, as Jesus said, I'm the bread of life, you go to the end of John 6, you could look there later, it says lots of people stopped following him. They said, this truth is too hard. After he says, I'm the light of the world, they're they're arguing with him about, on whose authority are you saying this? And and the the conversation goes to Abraham, and Jesus says to them, before Abraham was, I am. And it says they picked up stones to kill him. In chapter 10, when he says, "I'm, I'm the only way to God, and I'm the good shepherd, I lay down my life for the sheep, he goes on and he says, I and my father are one. And it says again, they picked up stones to kill him. And Jesus says, for what good work are you stoning me? And they say, We're not stoning you for your good works, because, but because you being a man make yourself God. That's John 10, 33. John 11, when he says, I'm the resurrection and the life, and he raises Lazarus to the dead, it says, that From that moment on they sought to kill him. These words, these claims that Jesus was making in his day, everyone who heard it knew This man is claiming to be the God of this universe. And so how do we respond to this? We also wrestle with this question. As I hear Jesus, I can't stay neutral. He's not someone that you can just add to your already full life. You're already... um, prosperous, happy life, let me add on Jesus as well. Or let me just add him on as, as a, a, an extra help, an extra way, just in case. No, Jesus is saying, I am the only way to life. And this is good news. This, there's, there's many, many in this room, many of you have experienced this, the way that Jesus then turns our life around and gives us hope and joy and peace but we have to wrestle with the the call that Jesus makes on us where he says, come to me, believe in me. Here's the good news. Jesus came into this world to rescue. He lived a perfect life, died on the cross to pay for our sins. His body was buried in the ground. Three days later, he rose from the dead. He's in heaven now preparing a place for you and me. One day he will come again as the eternal king. This is what the kids are saying, and he will turn every wrong thing right. This is good news. And the call for us is to say, yes, Jesus, I'm trusting in you. Let me pray for us right now.